Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast it's the football podcast. It's all hands on deck this week, everybody's here and we're talking all the games from last week. Uh, just a couple of games this week, uh, but you'll find out why shortly. As I'm always telling you, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It's a big help to us and it's a, a click of a button away to becoming one of the Cookie Cast family members. So, here we go. This is Cookie Cast Football Podcast. Recording in progress. She knows what time it is, and so do these boys. For you audio listeners, you've read the title, but you're wondering who's here. It's time to let you know. It is, in fact, the uh, the very cleverly titled football podcast. And to introduce that glorious football podcast is the man, the myth, the legend. Paul Williams. Oh, it is me. I got confused there when you said the uh, the man, to be honest with you. That, that wouldn't confuse me to start off with. Uh, yes, welcome along, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It is another weekly instalment of uh, football-based nonsense. Um, we're going we're gonna to do our best to bring you some, uh, some Middlesbrough Hull and uh, Nottingham Forest-based information, stats and whatnot. Discuss last week's games. Discuss the games that might be currently ongoing as we speak, or may have just been completed, and we'll look forward to uh, to predict next week's games. One of which might be quite 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 important, or quite decent, in fact. Um, we'll go that far. <laughs> Let's not get well. That well yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So what better place to start than with uh, with last week's games? Eh. Indeed. So. I'm going to crack open the book. book looks a lot like this. Um, it's a funny old game, isn't it? What, football? Or your book? Um, both. Uh, I think... I think it might be time for me to retire from, uh, from predicting football. Uh, as uh, I've clearly had my day. Let's put it that way. Um, first game that we all talked about, and some of us managed to predict, was the Reading versus Middlesbrough game. Um, although Paul officially handed the reins over to me, I'll be handing them straight back to him to discuss what happened in this game. Please don't. For the watchers out there, they might have an idea... If they didn't know the score already, they might have an idea from what's on screen right now. For the listeners, you're about to find out. Right. So, before we go through the score, let's set the scene a little bit. So, let's set the tone. Reading, so far this season, every game they've played conceded at least one goal. If I just stop there, 
you already know how many goals Middlesbrough scored. Um, they had zero recognised strikers on the pitch. They had a back four made up of, I believe, two midfielders. Um, and what, what else was there for the stats? Uh, I, can't, I can't remember what else the stats were, but it, it, basically it just boils down to Middlesbrough are just god-awful. Um, in the game, uh, they had two shots on target, I believe. One of which was by the goalkeeper coming up for a last-minute corner. <laughs> uh, and that was one, of, was one of two efforts that the keeper had in the game and uh, gave him the highest overall expected goals ratio for any Middlesbrough player in the game. Oh, Christ almighty. Um, yeah, Middlesbrough succumbed to a 1-0 defeat to Reading, who were very, very ordinary. Uh, to put it to put it lightly, they were very poor. Uh, the goal was a, a typical, when you know it's not going for you, those are the type of goals that go in. The ball came across the box, the guy goes to hit it, he misses the ball, but it hits his standing foot and goes past the keeper. Fucking hell. It was just, just watching it, it was like, Jesus Christ, this is just this just sums this game up perfectly. Um, but I believe his name is Alan Halilovic or something like that. I'll just double check. That is what I've got written here. I've probably I've probably absolutely butchered his name. Um but his parents did him, uh, did him an absolute solid by calling him Alan with that surname as well, didn't they? Because it's just... Alan Oh, also, can't, can't gloss over this fact. Uh, Matt Crooks was sent off in the second half for apparently just being a footballer. There was a loose ball. Uh, the, keeper, the keeper went to claim it. Matt Crooks went to claim it. Didn't even touch the keeper. Keeper didn't exactly make it. Easy, didn't, didn't exactly make it easy for Crooks by just like sprawling round on the floor like he'd just been shot, uh, and the ref just red carded him. But when you when you watch the replays back, Crooks is nowhere near his head. He's nowhere near like standing on him. So like sometimes you have those ones where like you have like a bit of a 50-50 coming together, and the guy's going a little bit hard, like sort of towards the keeper's head or towards his like midriff or something. Like that. Didn't do anything like that. Literally just challenged for the ball, got a red card. Ridiculous. Would have made any difference to the outcome, and the red card was overturned the next day. So obviously he didn't realise it was a horrifically bad decision. And he then started the game against Sheffield United yesterday. But them, oh. them red cards are weird because like sometimes they, they will just overturn them, but other times they'll be like, no, no, we stand by him and just give him an extra game just for the. So hit and miss that, that appeal system. Borough have been burnt with it in the past. It's a long time ago now, but there was a game they played against um, Liverpool where uh, Javier Mascherano basically sort of um, squeezed um, Jeremy Aliadier around the face and Aliadier just like slapped him back uh, and the ref only saw the slap from Aliadier and red-carded him. When we appealed the decision, the FA said it was a frivolous appeal and gave him an extra game ban. So he got banned for four games. Absolutely ridiculous, but 
it is what it is. So yeah, 1-0 Reading, uh, and Paul no longer wants to support Middlesbrough. <laughs> for, for at least another 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, at least until Tuesday night, potentially, but we'll come on to that later. So, it indeed was a 1-0 to Reading. Um, now then. Paul went super committal, super high scoring game on this with a 0-0. Uh, so close! Real close. So close! Real close. In fact, weirdly, closer than the two people that did get points out of the game. Because Matt and Stu both went in with a 2-1 uh, points on the board straight away. Unfortunately, no correct goal scorers. Um, I will say this. I definitely should have flipped my system from last week on its head. And I'd have been quids in. However, I went with a Middlesbrough win of a 1-0. So, uh, so no points for me. Is anybody surprised? No. Good. Let's move on. Uh, the next game of the week is Nottingham Forest taking on Millwall. Uh, Matt? Well, so, it, um, kind of after the, the confident, kind of uh, the caretaker manager getting the first win of the season and the new manager coming in, um, a notorious Forest kind of bogey team came to the city ground and uh, got a one-all draw. So they uh, they opened the scoring with Matty Smith, who's like a knockoff Peter Crouch kind of type of guy, rolling around in the championships. Big tall guy that of course uh, Millwall lump it up to the up to the forwards to see if they can get it and. Uh, yeah, and then Forrest, uh, so uh, unfortunately what happened after 20 minutes, the cookie cast, you know, 100 goal a season striker, Lewis Graben, uh went off injured, um, left Forrest a bit toothless, but um, one of the, one of the, one of the wing backs just pinged one in the top corner, or sliced his, co- sliced his cross and lobbed the keeper that way, <laughs> um, which of course, here you go. Shithouse Central, um, Gary Rowett. I can't make. I can't tell my fans to shut up when they boo people for protesting racism. Uh, you got a massive stroke of luck because Max Lowe clearly tried to cross the ball. You could see by his reaction afterwards he didn't mean it. No shit, Sherlock, but it still went in the back of your net, didn't it? So uh, fuck you. Um, so yeah, a, a one-all draw at at, uh, at the City Ground. Um, and uh, the the main thing that I'd kind of got from the match was that Graben went off, and uh, Lyle Taylor came on, and well, he, he got he got a bit of grief. Would be uh, would be the kind of uh, the main thing from the fans that they they don't think he's good enough, and um, I might be inclined to agree. Uh, but yeah, one one all draw, another point, kind of brilliant. Waiting for Reading to get some more some points knocked off, apparently. So uh, amazing. Indeed, one one. Can they have their uh, can they have their points and goal knocked off from Saturday? That's too late for you. <laughs> Just <laughs> <on a> check. 
indeed it was a 1-1 one, one. and uh, yeah nobody got any points out of that game uh, I think everybody had Forest down to win feeling that there was going to be a lot of the off the back of the new manager sort of sign-in situation a lot of mention of, uh, of grabbing uh, I mean what can I say no points is no points at the end of the day. I mean, it almost leads straight into it, doesn't it, Stu? No points is no points at the end of the day. Speaking of, Stoke versus Hull. Stu? That's cold, man. That's nice cold. I mean... Hey, well, you can pipe down, Williams, because you were the one that texted me to remind us that we've only scored in, like, three out of ten games. Well, it was two out. And, it was two in nine. Oh no, no, no! That's right. Until last night. Spoiler. That's right. That's right. You did text me to say two in nine, and then said, "Oh no, no, three in ten, which obviously infinitely made that better. Not bad. Um, so, yeah, Stoke two, Hull City nil was the score. Um, from what I saw, it wasn't necessarily as straightforward as as it might seem. City looked reasonable for the first half an hour, um, but the, the the first goal kind of seemed to knock the stuffing out of them a little bit. But uh, I mean, stats wise, it was fairly even. Possession was was bang on fifty fifty. Um, five shots on target for Stoke, but four for Hull. Um, Hull had more corners, so you know it's, weren't that they weren't necessarily like pressing, but um, unfortunately, when you seem to be in that vein of not been able to hit a barn door. It, it's it can be catching. So, unfortunately, well, uh, yeah, they didn't. They didn't score. They lost two nil. We'll move on, shall we? Um, do you, off the top of your head, know the goal scorers? I do. Um, uh, on thirty-five minutes, it was Ramchic, and on fifty-eight minutes, it was Powell. And that's what I've got down here. Now then. If this is an irony, I don't know what is. Because although his team didn't win, they didn't get a draw, he did manage to correctly predict the score, taking himself two little points. Um, Paul also predicted Stoke to win, as did Matt, uh, but just a point each there. Obviously, <laughs> I predicted Hull to win. So there's that. Uh, if anybody's wondering, if anybody's wondering, I'll let you know right here and now. So far, zero points. Um, one thing I will say is that nobody predicted any of the goal scorers. So, points on the doors. I kind of feel like uh, there should probably be some kind of fight to the death here because uh, Paul has one point and I have no point. Uh, but Stu and Matt tied first with three points each. Let's see which one of them pulls ahead. Uh, so, we've had midweek games. And uh, weirdly, finishing the weekend games with Hull, we start the midweek games... With Hull versus Blackpool. So, Stu, you're up again. 
Um, can I just say before we started um, on this particular game, do you remember the podcast where we said that like about the team being shit if they got beat by Blackpool? Um, yeah, let, let's just 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 hold that thought. So we were getting beat by Blackpool after forty two minutes. Then on eighty minutes, decided that ten men would w- would be the way forward when Louis Coyle got sent off, and then they decided to actually try and score. Scoring a goal on eighty four minutes was Tom Eaves. The uh, ponytail donkey himself finally getting on the score sheet. Uh, so yeah, finished Hull City one, Blackpool one. I.e., didn't lose to Blackpool. Uh, I've got Lavery down as a Blackpool Excuse scorer. Me. Correct. Yeah, Lavery. Lavery was the, the goal scorer for Blackpool. So. Anybody remember the other Hull game where Stu predicted uh, 2-0 and the score was 2-0? Hmm. Sensing a pattern here because uh, Stu predicted a 1-1 draw. Interesting. What was also interesting is he's not the only one that predicted a 1-1 draw, is he, Mr. Williams? Um, As it is... Another one of those where those were the only points from the game. Both myself and Matt had Blackpool down to win. Uh, and also, nobody correctly predicted a goal scorer. Moving swiftly on to Middlesbrough versus Sheffield United. Paul, did Middlesbrough manage to redeem themselves in this game at all? So in typical in typical Middlesbrough shithouse fashion, they go up against a team that they've probably got more chance of getting a result against and lose than play against a team who's in cracking form and beat them and make them look incredibly bang average at the time. Uh, they actually managed to pull out a two 0 win with two, dare I say, top quality goals. Uh, the first goal was scored by Duncan Watmore, getting his first goal of the season. And the second was scored by Paddy McNair, getting his, that's right, first goal of the season. Um, yeah, really, really good finishes for both. Um, McNair's was sort of into his feet inside the box and just angled it across the keeper. Uh, McNair's was at the edge of the box, drilled low into the con. Wanted to leave Henry one. Why, what did he see? I, I, I wasn't listening. I, to that. I had it like, turned down, so I didn't actually hear what he said. Oh, it looks like he scuffed it into the corner. That one. Are we allowed, to, are we allowed to play actual audio on the podcast now? Didn't catch it clearly, was what he said about McNair's strike. I was like, well, pretty sweet to me, mate, when it nestled in the bottom corner. But you know, fair enough. Um. Paul, just out of interest, how does this fit in with a uh, Sheffield United 3-0 win? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm aware, I'm aware. Good, just, just checking. Uh, Paul was not the only one to predict Sheffield United to win. In fact, everybody picked Sheffield United to win this one. Uh, double two ones and a 1-0 from this man. Guess what? No points again. Uh, and because it was so heavily weighted towards Sheffield United winning or being predicted to win, again, 
no goal scorers. Uh, so that's zero points for a game. But hey, let's talk Nottingham Forest football and see if we can change that. Barnsley versus Nottingham Forest. Finished up moments ago and uh, here's Matt to tell us how that game finished up. Yes, so, so just to finish the week to put a smile on everybody's face, uh, Forrest ran out 3-1 winners. Um, I kind of had the joy of watching it. Um, the first half, to be fair, was pretty pretty balanced. The fact I think um, Chef, uh, Barnsley were probably on top. I think you know the commentators were, oh, you know, it's a bit unfair, but I think Barnsley look on, looked on top for me. Um, they got, a, so they got they got a penalty. Um, Paul kindly texted me to say it was defo a penalty. Uh, much appreciated for that, Captain. Obvious that one. Um, and, then, uh, uh, and then uh, in the second half, um, I, Forrest made some changes. I think they went to like a four four two or a four four one kind of thing, four four one one. Um, but grabbing on. Uh, and from there, kind of pushed on and kind of in the second half dominated the game, I think, really. And uh, ended up running out 3 1 winners with Zink and Egel, Brennan Johnson, and once again, 100 goal season striker uh, Lewis Graben getting one at the end there. Um, I think it's like you look at the stats and it makes it look, Forest look a little bit more dominant than what they were, I think. They kind of really pushed on in the last half an hour of the match, as opposed to um, kind of dominating the whole game. Uh, but yeah, it was a kind of good win, and if that's the way they're going to play on for the rest of the season, fingers crossed. You know, hopefully that kind of gives a bit of a push on to just mid-table safety. It'll be kind of quite nice, to be honest. After the start of the season that we've had, just to wave bye-bye to Derby as they go. <laughs> now then what's interesting here is in, in, in comic books there is always Superman Lex Luthor Batman the Joker there's always a yin and a yang and I think in this podcast we also have the same situation going on because whereas I can consistently get big fat bagels on those plates week in week out there is one man who is so in tune with the football world he can just pull points out of games Paul is not that man even though he did take a point out of the game 1-0 prediction was fair at the time would have been uh, would have been you know you know, it's points, isn't it? Um, Matt, his team, he was like, I'll give him a goal. They're in the room, I'll give him a goal. And as uh, Lewis Grabham's here, I'll give him a goal as well. Uh, obviously, I put Parsley to win. <coughs> now, some of you might be like, well, hang on a minute. There's four of you there, and you seem to have skipped past one of you. 
You would be correct. Stu, you did not correctly predict the score of this game. You actually went with a 1-1 draw. You did, however, manage to pick the Barnsley goalscorer and one of the Nottingham Forest goalscorers. So another, another two points in the bank. What does that do for this half of the week, I hear you ask? It looks like this. Paul, three. Stew, four. Matt, two. Don't need to ask me what I got because everybody knows what I got. What that does for the week as a total, in no particular order, other than me first because I came last, zero. Zero. Um, Paul in third place, four points. Matt in second place with five points and literally down the road and already in the boozer. Stuart Woodmancy with seven points. Honestly, get yourself a Skybet account and start winning us some fucking money. <laughs> now then, here's something that, that almost never happens. From my experience, sometimes there's a page, sometimes there's two pages. More often than not, there's plenty of games to predict week in, week out. But not this week. This week, this week, ladies and gents, there's almost no games to predict. How? Well, there's, what, what is it, EFL trophy kind of action sort of deal going on? Is that what I said? International break. Sounds about right. That's that's a that's a phrase I recognise. Um, but wait, I hear you say there are three teams, so surely there must be three games. No, no. I've used an entire page for two games. How is this possible? How could it possibly be possible? Is it? that two of the teams from the podcast are playing each other. That's right, because Birmingham City are taking it... Wait, no. No, uh, <laughs> no yeah. Taking on Nottingham Forest. Um, the way it works is simple. If it's your team, you pick last so you can hear all the other people incorrectly predict, and then you get to tell them how it really is, unless it's Stu, who apparently knows exactly what the score is going to be and who all the goal scorers are. Um, Birmingham City versus Nottingham Forest so Matt will pick last do either of you have a burning desire to get your prediction out there or would you like me to tell you what I've gone with I'll give you mine Go. Uh, I'll go for Birmingham 1, Forest 2 it's good, I like it scorers I'll go for Troy Deeney <laughs> for Birmingham uh, you can probably just write Deeney in uh, Stu's prediction doing as well. Um, and for Forest, I will go for Zinka Nagel. Love it. And Taylor. Wonderful stuff. Stu, Deeney by any chance? 
Well, you can put the scoreline down the same, exactly the same as Birmingham 1, Forest 2. Okay. You can you can stick Deeney in for the Birmingham goal. I mean, don't stick him in goal, because that would be crazy. Um, but the Forest goal scorers I have as Brennan Johnson and uh, Mr Yates. I'd like to point out as well that I did I did put these predictions down before the final whistle for tonight's game and uh, now I didn't change them after Johnson scored tonight. <laughs> yeah, but he was playing up front, wasn't he? He was basically the, uh, the number nine, as was tonight. So he was the central striker. So. I personally have a feeling that Forrester are going to continue to ever so slightly ride the whole new manager... 3-1 victory, so on and so forth. So I've gone with a Nottingham Forest 1-0 victory. I've also gone with Yates to score. Ugh. Matt? He was in shit house mode tonight. <laughs> he was really... When is he not? When is he not? He took it to a different level tonight, though, as well. It was kind of like really niggly, shitty stuff tonight. I was like, ugh, gross. Um, I am going to go with... I'm going to go, do I push the bar out and look really confident? 5-0 victory to Forest. Oh. Okay. No, they'll definitely concede one goal. 5-1 to Forest. I don't want to kind of say the same as tonight, but it looked like there's quite a few goals uh, in the... Um, I'm going to go 4-1 Forest. <laughs> where, where is glass half full, half empty, Matt? Gone from three one wins tonight. I'm like against against the bogey team as well. I'm like, boy, up we go, and win the league. No, I can only <laughs> presume what he's done is he's sort of either met up with Panas, so or he's had a phone call with Panas, and he's had like a little pep talk on how to be. Super confident on the podcast. So I was waiting for whatever you were going to say because I was going to go, so here's what's going to happen. The Scooby-Doo gang are going to have Matt tied to a chair and they're going to pull the rubber mask off and underneath is James Panas. I would have got away with it without you meddling kids. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I was going to go for like a Freaky Friday kind of thing when there's uh, <laughs> like some kind of electrical thing. Um, new feature on Zoom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, don't, um, I, I just I was looking at the goal scorers for Birmingham this this year. I was amused by that one of their one of their players is Colin. That you know, just for you know, lols. Uh, but I think Scott Hogan will score for Birmingham. Uh, Lolly to get one. Uh, being a local lad, uh, uh, maybe Garner to get one, and uh, you know to keep his season rate up a grab and double. And there we go. That is the Nottingham Forest game done and dusted. As alluded to earlier, what we've got here is prime. Football, ladies and gentlemen. I ain't talking Optimus. I am talking Hull City 
versus the borough. That's right, it's finally happened. The game that Paul is absolutely going to. Stu is also going to. Everybody's going. Everyone's there. We're all going. So, this is where it gets interesting. Because obviously, if it's your team, you get to pick last. So, uh, fight to the death. Monkey knife fight. Paul. So... Because, because Stu's actually going to be taking in the game live and in person, I reckon we should leave the last word to him so he can basically sort of give us the, the skinny, the one, what the, the 411, as it were, on what's going to happen. Well, in that case, uh, rather than going almost last like last time, I'm going to go first. And as you're both in the room, that's right, you're both getting a goal. It's a 1 1 draw. Because I'm, uh, you know, I'm on the fence, clearly. Uh, Lewis Potter, because if I keep writing his name down, eventually he's going to get a goal. And uh, he, he's tasted his first goal of the season. And he went, mmm, tastes good. I want more. Paddy McNair is going to be blasting one in the back of the net. So... Paddy McNair goals, you crazy bastard. Matt, thoughts... I so gone for a one-all draw, just to keep everybody happy-ish. Um, and I've gone for Honeyman to score for Hull. And uh, I've gone for Watmore to score again for, uh, for Borough. Fantastic. A little, a little, ginger, uh, a little ginger winger for, uh, for Mr Williams. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Paul. So, as as previously brought up on the podcast, Hull have only scored three goals in ten games. So, what I'm about to say makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But then again, it is the Borough that are in town. So, 2-2. Desmond, interesting. Who is scoring that ridiculous number of goals? Oh, <laughs> Imagine that'd be so good. Uh, for Hull, let's have Lewis Potter and Wilkes. And I believe it was Wilkes who scored the last uh, the goal, the winner against us when we last played at the uh, at the KCOM or the MKM as it is now, I believe. Um, and for the Borough. Let's have a Spora and a Crooks goal. Lovely stuff. Stu, would you like to correct anybody's predictions here? Um, I mean, sort of, but also sort of not. So, the, 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 well, the story for the weekend is, is it's quite an important day for me. Um, and for my lads, because it is going to be their first foray into live football. Um, as uh, my friend Mark pointed out to me this evening, what the hell have they done wrong to you to take them to the <laughs> first game? Um, 
I'm I'm pretty sure when he left, he definitely wasn't already dialing Childline on his way home. Um, but you know, I, I guess I'll find out in the morning. Um, but yeah, my my first game of football ever finished nil nil. The first time that me and Paul went to a Hull City Middlesbrough game in Hull, it finished one one. And all the signs are putting in. You guys have, have pulled this out already. All the signs are pointing to a draw. Now, because obviously Middlesbrough have been prolific in the last game, and Hull haven't, um, I'm picking. I'm picking nil nil, and I really don't want it to be nil nil for like the sake of the spectacle of going. But it's the first time I've, I'll be going to watch live football since you know the world went to hell in a handbasket and all the rest of it. And there's a lot riding on it because I want it to be exciting for the boys to kind of get him interested and, and just to have a really, really, really good day. Um, but yeah, nil-nil. Nil-nil is where I've gone with it. By, going, by the world going to hell in the handbasket, you mean that Alan's taking over? That's what you mean? <laughs> Well, the only time that I've, uh, th- this is the first time that I've, I've paid to go into the stadium um, since I gave my season ticket up <laughs> um, about, about, well, when the boys were around, so about six years ago now. So all the other times I've been has been uh, as, as on a free. So this is the first time I, I have paid. Um I'm also sat in the family stand for the first time ever, so I'll I'll be able to report on probably the first fifteen minutes of the game until I get removed for bad language. Um, but I mean, the boys have got to learn at some point, right? Well, how else will they find out that indeed the referee is a wanker? So. <laughs> as um, as my, my my friend Rich, who uh, had a season ticket for a very long time, the same time I did, is coming with us. Um, his dad. Also used to come with us, and his dad still has his season pass. Um, as Rich pointed out to me on the phone earlier yesterday, doesn't matter where his dad sits in the stadium, the boys will still be able to hear bad language, even if they're sat in the opposite stand. If, if Steve is there, that will be it. Is Rich going in the family stand as well? Yes, Rich, Rich, is, <laughs> Rich is sitting with us. So he's, uh, he's, he's, he's going to be... It, 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 well, you'll be able to pick us out because it'll be the two guys wearing scarves on, like, you know, the hotter end, the hotter end of uh, the season on the basis that they'll probably be having to stuff them in our mouths to stop to, to stop us swearing. Oh man, no, but I, I am, I am genuinely looking forward to it. Hopefully, it'll be a good game. Um, so I, I, I have very fond memories of my first ever game being nil nil because even though there was no goals, it was actually one of them games where. The, like the post and the bar were hit quite a few times, and it was really exciting to watch. Um, but yeah, it's a different different prospect now being on like the uh, the parents' side of the coin. But um, I am I am really looking forward to getting back to, to seeing some live live action. Lovely stuff. Well, as previously mentioned, those are the games for this week. That's it. Done and dusted. There's no more games to predict. Um, so. Click of the pen. Uh, what that then means is doing things a little bit different this time. We get all the uh, the points and the predictions out of the way early doors, and then move into uh, the this week or at this point in time in football. It's the news. It's the football news segment. So there is. It's, well, well, sorry, I was just going to 
I didn't know whether that was that was the question. I thought you were asking the question there. I was. In that case, yeah, it's uh, it's another sad one. Um, as was reported yesterday, there's another member of the world of the England World Cup winning squad who's uh, who's passed away. Uh, it was Roger Hunt has uh, has passed away. So I'll just read a little bit of what was uh, what's been put on by Sky. Roger Hunt, an England World Cup winner and Liverpool's second highest goal scorer of all time, has died at age 83. Hunt was part of England's World Cup winning lineup in uh, 1966 and scored an unrivaled 244 league goals for Liverpool during his career. Um, similar to sort of Jimmy Greaves, really. Obviously, it was massively before my time and stuff like that. So, don't know a great deal about him, but obviously, I think um, I think I read somewhere that he played in every game of the World Cup in 1966. Uh, so it was obviously a massive part of the squad and a, a, a an actual pivotal part of the team winning winning the World Cup. And um, I think it came out literally like an hour or so before the game started yesterday. So about six o'clock or something like that. Um, I think the news broke and uh, Liverpool had put some stuff on social media and uh, comments were taken from like the management side and stuff like that, and yeah, so sad. Uh, another one, uh, another one of the teams gone. It's one of those ones where, like, I, I messaged my dad about it because that's my kind of go-to kind of thing. Even though my dad was nine, and he was like, "Yeah, he was just class," he, and he doesn't get mentioned enough because he didn't score the hat trick in the in the yeah. world final, and you know. Even though, like, Liverpool, Liverpool will kind of harp on about it. It wasn't like that kind of, you know, it's like Banks, Moore, Styles, and Charlton, Hurst, and the kind of, as unfortunately they pass away, the kind of, the ones who were the less known ones anyway get even less kind of mentioned. And he was just like, he said he was classy, he was, you know, he's like, to say he's George Best esque was. He said, my dad was like, that's a bit much, but he wasn't far off. He was that kind of like, he wasn't the Hurst kind of big man up front. He was the person behind who was tricky and skillful and scored, you know, obviously scored, you know, 244 goals is a lot of goals because the careers weren't, the careers weren't 10, 12, you know, they weren't 15, 16, 17, 18 years like they have now. It was, if you got to 10, you'd done really well and, you know, we've already commented on the you know the terrible, terrible states of the pitches and them, and I think it's unfortunate that he kind of gets because he didn't score the hat trick in the final. He kind of gets lost in the, not lost in it, but it's kind of like he's not mentioned in that kind of like, you know, Jimmy Greaves because he didn't play gets mentioned a lot and was such a good striker, quickest to two hundred, all that kind of thing. But also, you know, two two hundred goals, two hundred two hundred and forty goals in. Top top league, like in the top league at, at any kind of stage in 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 a career is 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 proper top class and yeah, my dad was just like yeah, it's it's a shame that he doesn't get mentioned because he should be mentioned. He should you know my, my dad's a bit kind of commodity about these things. Surprise, surprise, where did I get that from? Is that he's like Hurst wasn't even that good and uh, he just was the guy that scored the hat trick in the final and. Probably Greaves and Hunt were better players than him, um, and just you know didn't you know were doing other things that meant the team played well, and 
I think it's that kind of thing of like, oh, I think, I mean, is there, as if, it sounds going to sound like a really morbid question now, but is there any of the 11 starting 11 left now? That is a great question. Well, Jeff, Jeff Hurst is obviously still alive. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Was the, was the right back a guy called George Cohen? Yeah, he's, he died recently. I'm sure he died recently. He no, George Cohen, still alive according to this. Oh, apologies to George Cohen, I'm killing him off. Oh, killed him off before his time, Matthew. <laughs> was he, he's been ill though, hasn't he? Yeah, I, can't, I can't think he's like, seriously I, ill, maybe. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah. There are three. So we just named two. Martin so. Peters, Jeff Jeff Hurst. You said George Cohen, even though Matt was uh, yeah taking after Paul in his ultimate warrior ways. Um, and it says uh, Sir Bobby Charlton. Oh yeah, of course. So those it's are those. It's Martin Peters died. It's it says uh, this this is from the Telegraph and it was updated one day ago. Uh, the death on Monday of Roger Hunt leaves only Sir Jeffers, Sir Bobby Charlton, and George Cohen from the team that started the 1966 World Cup final, and reinforces the increasingly sad realization that our greatest football achievement is fading ever further into history. Christ. Mm. One one of the questions that people ask Google is who died in the 1966 World Cup team. I, I, I mean, I, I don't think anybody at the time, but. Um, <laughs> Come on, people. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, one of the other things I've picked up on um, from the news this week, speak, speaking of uh, death and <laughs> such, kind of loosely related, that the Premier League is having to potentially incentivise teams to get their players vaccinated. I've just seen this. What the hell is going on with that? But anyway, that, I, I guess it's it's personal choice. We'll not get into the, the politics side of it. But the, the statistic that came out of it was that 13 of the 20 clubs in the top division have squads where, the, where fewer than 50% of the players are fully vaccinated. You know, because they definitely don't have to travel around the country and mix with people they wouldn't normally... Oh, no, wait a minute, they absolutely do. But it's it. I don't. You don't want to spread it kind of across too many sports. But it's a massive problem in America at the moment. That like with the basketball players, they've got a lot of basketball players either religious or you know this kind of attitude of well, I'm I'm young, fit and healthy, and it's not going to do anything to me. But there's like a few players that basically in Brooklyn, if you're not vaccinated, you can't go into a into a building where there's going to be more than so many people. So that's one of their star players can't play 41 games this year um, in Los Angeles, in California same deal, so there's a player on Golden State Warriors, can't play 41 games this season it's mental, and you just think you, you may, you, and I, you know, I don't know you kind of don't want, to, don't want to kind of you know, hammer your mast, you know your colours to the mast or whatever but, you know if, if you may not catch it or you may catch it and not be unhealthy but if you're going to be around loads of people and they're going to be taking flights and stuff like that uh, you know, if you've got elderly relatives that you're going to be around they could catch it, even if they're vaccinated they could catch it and it could make them ill you just think, 
God's sake, you know, why why these super rich people need to be further incentivized to, to get a damn vaccine? This is the thing, this is the bit that I don't understand. So the, the, the letter um, apparently has been seen by Sky Sports and they're yet to decide on what the actual incentive is going to be. But it, it says, um, we are considering if and how best we can reward those squads and players who are most COVID compliant and who have opted to be vaccinated. Like These people are paid thousands of pounds a week. What is the incentive? Here's a shiny sticker. You can you can you can be the shiny sticker in next year's Premier League football book. Like all stars, like, all right. I, I, I don't understand. Like the, these people are are grown enough. They'll they'll you know they'll make their own decisions, and they like, giving them more money isn't in a in you know in a situation where they are entirely surrounded by money isn't. Yeah. The the only thing I can think is is that if if you have an out, outbreak in your team. Then your team forfeits the match. Well, I, I, I think they've said that for the NFL, haven't they? That that's that's yeah. the rule they're going to sort of incorporate for any games in the NFL that are postponed due to an outbreak of COVID and stuff like that. So, I just think I think that's going to be the thing. You can't turn around. I can't. Who was who had who had his twisty face on about COVID the other week? Was it Arteta? Because they had a COVID kind of thing, and they had like three or four plays in their kind of squad. That test positive or close contact or whatever, and you're like, mm, we lost the game because we're like, yeah. What the, you know? The the NFL theory isn't going to work in the Premier League because ultimately, for the time being, at the very least, leads are still there. So if Bielsa's going to send somebody to spy on a training ground, who's to say he's not going to go and lick all the handles on the way in? <laughs> oh man. There is, there is Belichick in the NFL, so, you know, it's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Unless, um, and, and to be fair, Sean Payton loves to put a little bounty on stuff, so... <laughs> it's, not, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that it could happen. I'm, I'm trying to think, like, last week when we were on, obviously we talked about uh, Derby's potential points deduction. That's all now been... Confirmed, hasn't it? Since we were last uh, last around, so, so I think it's gone through it's a twelve. 12 hasn't it? The twelve but it can be, one it can be an additional nine. I think well, once they come out of administration and they negotiate with the administrators or the new owners, they can then negotiate to see whether they get the full nine or get six. Or no doubt, because they're a new owner and they want them to stick around in the league, it'll be something like three. Or zero. Uh, I know yeah. that's bit of, bit of a Brucey bonus. Uh, yeah. I was, I was just looking at the table. I was like, hang on a second. How have Derby got one point? I was like, no. So you know that you know that team that um, beat Middlesbrough last week, but <laughs> lost to Derby tonight. <laughs> you want to be, be piping down was, You're the one to have mixed up from to catch So you want to pipe down some That's fine I, I, I said at the start of the season on the podcast I will be happy with fourth bottom That's uh, It's where it's I mean you know it's something to aim for currently Shall we say <laughs> And why not Why not start with a nil-nil draw this Saturday eh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear 
what's the deal with uh, Reading? Obviously, one of you guys mentioned the potential deduction for Reading. I've not seen anything about that. I don't know if it's dodgy finances or. Well, they're another one, aren't they? That's under they're under a transfer embargo, or they can only do free freebies and stuff like that. So, is that because of the loan situation, though? Again, same as same as us. Quite possibly, yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about it to really sort of comment. Yeah, I just I just heard there's a possible points deduction coming for them, with no kind of massive details on it. So to be watched. Mm, maybe I'm more on that next week. Any other news-based information from the football world in the last week? No. No? Nothing nothing that directly affects us. Messi Messi scored his first PSG goal, just happened to be against Man City, the the team that he probably could have gone to. Pep just on the side, just going, for fuck's sake, it's all right though, because you know they could have they could have signed Messi for nothing, but instead they decided it was a good idea to drop hundred million pounds on um, the hair. So prick. It, I mean, it, it it wasn't a uh, it, it wasn't a bad goal either that he scored, was it? Have you seen it? Just like, just, like, just a typical Messi goal. He sort of mazy dribbled through and then just launched it in the corner. Didn't he? Just yeah, well it was a bit, a bit of a dribble. Cheek, like you know, quick little one-two, and rather than taking his time to control the return pass, he just absolutely laced it top bins right on side. So it like it was one of them where when they played it, I think both goals that were scored against Man City last night pretty much went in the exact same spot in the goal. There was no way the keeper the keeper had no chance. But yeah, that's that. I have nothing else. That was it from me. There we go. So. Uh... I, I, I was going to go with any other business, but I'm getting the feeling that uh, there is probably no other business either. So uh, there we go. That's the week in football. The uh, the predictions are made. The the points are tied up, and uh, yeah, join us next week when we talk about the games we predicted today. You know how it works by now. So uh, thank you to uh, all of you gentlemen for joining me here to take these lovely people through the choppy waters known as football see you all next week and uh, enjoy the games bye so there we go what did you think to that all the games done all the games in the book tune in next week see what the scores were like and uh, more games to predict I'm sure if you're checking us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, or whatever, you can definitely subscribe. If you want to check out our website, cookiecast.com, it's got social media links and email links. You can drop us a line and let us know how you're doing. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. <laughs>